Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, we're just uh, looking forward to how you're going to speak to our hearts today. And so we look to you now and ask you to do that, Lord, in all of the Sunday school classes that are going on now and, and here Lord, we, we just look to you and, and say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you turn now in, in, uh, to Genesis chapter 35, we'll continue here in this uh, important passage here. So here we are, Genesis 35, verse 9. And God appeared unto Jacob again when he came out of Padanaram and blessed him. And God said unto him, thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called anymore, Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. And the land which I gave to Abraham and Isaac, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed after thee will I give the land. And God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, even a pillar of stone, and he poured a drink offering thereon, and he poured oil thereon. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spake with him, Bethel. Now, this is interesting, because when God said to Jacob, here in verse 11, which we're reading, and God said to him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply, what do you think that Jacob thought when he heard these words, be fruitful and multiply. I mean, well, you know, obviously, where's the last time when we heard those words from God? Oh, where's one time when we heard those words from God? Yeah, he said, okay, he said to Adam, right? Well, even before he said it to Adam, you know, be fruitful and multiply. All right, so before he said it to Adam, actually, it's in Genesis 1, where it says in verse 20, he, God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firm of heaven. And then it says, and God created great whales and every living creature that moveth the water that bringeth forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying those words, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters of the sea, and let the fowl uh, multiply in the earth. So what we saw there was that God looked at the waters that he made in the sky, and then he gave a commandment. He gave a command to the waters, and he said that the water should have living creatures in it, and they did. And then God looked at the sky, and he commands that the sky should have living creatures in it. 
And it did. And then God turns to the waters and he speaks to the living creatures in the waters and God says to them these, these four very powerful words, be fruitful and multiply. And man, what happened? I mean, because he's God Almighty, because he's El Shaddai, just look at the abundance of that there is in the ocean. Look at these pictures that we see, these movies, these films of the sardines that come and make the water black where there's so many sardines when they swarm. And you say, wow, wow how come that happened? How come always there's so much life in there? These whales are eating uh, in this plankton and, and they're gigantic beasts, you know, and they're just, there's so much life. Why are the oceans teeming with life today? It's because of the almighty God said to the oceans, be fruitful and multiply. And there was an explosion of life in the waters. And that's what we see. Okay, now then, that was the first time. And second, God turns to the skies and he speaks to the living creatures that are in the skies. And he says those same four powerful words, be fruitful and multiply. Okay, well, and then what happened? Wow, you know, because he's, he's God Almighty, because he is El Shaddai, just look at the abundance of the life that's in the, the skies. Millions, you know, in Israel, it's not so much now, but it, there used to be millions of starlings that would fly over the Sea of Galilee and make the sky dark. Did you ever see that, Rachel, when you were there? You saw it. The, 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 you see pictures of this. It's unbelievable. The clouds, the, the sky turns dark with starlings. There's only one reason why the skies teem with life because the Almighty God said to life in the skies, he said these four powerful words, be fruitful and multiply, and there's an explosion of life in the, in, in the skies there. And, 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 and when he says, then he comes along, and he says these four powerful words again. In, in, uh, like you were saying, Irene, in, 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 in uh, Genesis 1.27, it says, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, here they come again, be fruitful and multiply. You know, it's kind of dangerous when God says those four words, because something happens, you know. He says, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living creature that moveth upon the earth. So God has just created man. He's created a man. Man, he's in his own image. He's created a male and female. And now God turns and he looks on them like he did before with the waters and with this, the, 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 the skies. He looks at man and he says these four powerful words, be fruitful and multiply. What, and what happened? Boom. And because he's God Almighty, because he's El Shaddai, man multiplies and there are families of man all over and the only reason why man has multiplied into this vast number that's on the earth today and resulted in this explosion, seven billion people, is because he says, be fruitful and multiply. There's an explosion of mankind. That's the, and, and, and so that's what happens. And then again, he said those words in, in, in Genesis 8, 17. He said, bring forth, he's talking to Noah, bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of the fowl and the cattle and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. You know, it's an interesting thing in Hebrew. It says, this is a word, you know, the creepeth, creeping thing that creepeth 
upon the way. You know, when I was learning Hebrew, they, they said, this word means creepers. <laughs> we normally don't talk about creepers, but that's by the way they're described, the creepers, you know, those little things that run around on the ground anyway. And it says that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. There they go again. And then, God, so, so what happened here? God destroys the earth with the great flood, and then he tells Noah to save alive in the ark, all the, these birds and the, the cattle, this is numbers, the small numbers, and the creepers, and the door of the ark opens, and God says these four powerful words again to all of them, the fowl, the cattle, and the creepers, you know, be fruitful and multiply, and boom, there's an explosion, because he's God Almighty. He's El Shaddai. So all the fowl, all the cattle, all the creepers, they just explode in population all over the earth, and we have to call Lloyd's Pest Control to stop them from exploding, right? But there's only one reason. There's only one reason why we see these untold numbers of all this fowl and cattle and creepers all over the earth, and that's because it's God Almighty. It's the Almighty God who says to the fowl and the cattle, be fruitful and multiply. And that's why you have the explosion there. So then he turns to Noah in chapter 9. And it says in chapter 9, verse 1, God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, again, these words, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And again, in verse 9 of chapter 9, verse 7, he says, and you be ye fruitful and multiply. He keeps repeating this. Bring forth abundantly earth, multiply therein. So he comes out of the ark. Noah comes out of the ark. And he looks around after he comes out of the ark. And what does he see? Death, 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 death. Death everywhere. All these dead people and things all over the place. And his family is behind him as he's coming out of the ark. And he's standing right in front of them. There's not one living person on the earth. And there's just Noah and the, and, and the seven behind him. And God turns to him and he says, don't worry about it, Noah. Here's your four most powerful words. Be fruitful and multiply. As this, as this, and God's saying unto him, okay, it's up to you. You're going to replenish the earth with man? You can do it because I gave you this command in these four words. Be fruitful and multiply. Can you imagine Noah standing there amazed at all this sight of death? It looks like a ghost town that he's come into there on earth. There's no other man. And we can just imagine saying, Noah looking at himself and hearing these words and saying, me? <laughs> I'm supposed to repopulate all this? <laughs> I'm supposed to repopulate all this? How am I going to do that? And God says, says, you can do it because you've got this command to be fruitful and multiply. And that's all you need, Noah. That's all you need to repopulate the earth. So Noah leaves the ark and the population on planet Earth is eight, <laughs> okay? It's eight, and today it's 7.4 billion. Why? One simple reason. Who said those words? Anybody can say, let there be, you know, let there be light. Anybody can say that. I can say, let there be light. There's not going to be light, but I can say it. But only God can say, let there be light, and then the next part comes in the verse, and there was light, he said, because he is God Almighty, because he is El Shaddai, he said that, be fruitful and multiply, and there was an explosion of man on the earth. Those are very powerful words. When God speaks them, be fruitful and multiply. So Jacob now hears the same God 
say to him, I am God Almighty. You see that in the verse there? I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. You know, that's amazing when he hears these things. It's like, wow. And so really, it's like, you know, you think about what, what's going through Jacob's mind? What do you think he's thinking when he hears that? You know, I mean, okay, we talked about, yeah, Genesis, you know, Noah, all that. But, you know, there's just maybe something else is coming into his mind. And that is this idea of the, the time has come. The time has come. This isn't the first time that God has told his family that they're going to explode into a large number of people. And just think about what this statement from God meant to Jacob and his family as he's heard in verse 11 there, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. You know, this was like a family promise. This was a family promise. This was a family here. This is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this is a promise that was given to this family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So this is like a family promise. And with this promise comes this like point of faith because Abraham is the father of faith. It's a point of faith. And there were those in this family that did believe this promise that this family is going to become a great nation. That's what this promise is all about. And a company of nations. And they, and they are gonna have all the land that they were strangers on. And frankly speaking, there were also those in this family that did not believe this promise. And this family, that they didn't believe this family is going to become a nation, a company of nations, they're going to have all the land. This was a point of faith. And the dividing line within this family between those who really did believe these promises and these promises that were first given to Abraham, by the way, about 200 years before what we're reading now. Just think of that. You know, just think about it. Just think about these were given about 200 years ago. This is like a promise that was given to George Washington, you know, as far as the 200 years goes. That's a long time. But these were promises where there was no, really no evidence. There was just no evidence that they were going to be fulfilled. No. I mean, they were given 200 years ago and nothing seems to happen. I mean, what's happened? You know, promises that were made to the families of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They looked like, two words, they looked like a dismal failure. Dismal failure. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And as we consider how Abraham must have been ridiculed for clinging to these promises, I mean, you know, can you, you could just hear, you know, the, the scoffers. Hey, Abraham, how's that promise from your God working out for you now? Produced a lot of nations yet? Producing a lot of kings yet? Yeah, you know, what you got, Abraham, to show? Oh, oh, him? That scrawny little kid named Laughter? You know, he's going to be the one that's going to make a big nation, a lot of nation kings. You joking? You know, yeah, I guess that he really is a Yitzhak. He's a laughter. He's a joke. God really, this is a, really a joke. All Abraham had was this promise from God to cling to. He never saw the fulfillment of it. Abraham never saw the fulfillment of it. And for fulfilling that promise, Abraham was considered by the outside world a dismal failure. And those words, dismal failure, and that's how I and Israel Restoration were described this last week in the Jewish newspaper in Long Island called the Long Island Herald, and where they wrote an article on July 1st, and it's, it read like this. As summer gets underway in the five towns and, and far Rockway, those are Jewish areas there in Long Island, 
People typically take a vacation, hit the beach, or head to Israel. And for the past several years, another seasonal activity has become a custom in our communities. Missionaries from Israel Restoration Ministries proselytizing door-to-door. In early June, members of the San Diego-based ministry hiked through Lawrence Far Rockway along Central Avenue and knocked on residence doors, engaged them in conversations, dropped off packages that included an introductory note from founder Tom Cantor, a book and a DVD. During the summer, other groups such as Jews for Jesus, Chosen People Ministries also undertake missions in selected areas. The Israel Restoration Ministries is conducting a 12-week summer tour in, in major U.S. urban cities with large concentrations of Jewish people, such as Baltimore, Boston, Miami, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C. Quote, they, they quote me, I want my Jewish people to discover and receive the greatest treasure of friendship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, Cantor said in explaining why his ministry is active in hev- areas heavily populated by Jews. Wow, was I happy when I read that. I thought, what a statement. You know, friendship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, I couldn't have said it better myself, but then I did say it. (laughs) That's the message. That's the message that we've been trying to get to millions of Jewish people for the past six years. Friendship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, and our message has been blocked by slam Jewish doors, by locked Jewish apartments, by complexes that are not open to us, by groups following our workers, collecting all the packages, making bonfires on the sidewalk for what we leave there. And it's just one message, friendship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does God do? God brought that message through this Jewish newspaper right into their homes. (laughs) But the homes of people who rejected our workers and they say dismal success, and I cry success. They say dismal failure. I cry success, wonderful success. The message got through to thousands of Jews we could not reach through their own new Jewish newspaper. Our success is not measured by conversions. Our success is measured by getting the message out. So it was a wonderful success. Okay. Now, how do others see how we did? The article went on. Gabriel Sanders, a member of the White Shul in Far Rockaway and a Hebrew school teacher, said that Sanders said that the conversion rate of Cantor's organization in five towns in Far Rockaway is a dismal failure. <laughs> That's where his words were, dismal failure. So color me dismal failure. Now, he calls Israel Restoration by their conversion rate a dismal failure. But by getting the message out, friendship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, wonderful success. If you only look at the fulfillment of the message, friendship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, or conversions, then okay, you have to call Israel restoration a dismal failure. But if you look at belief in and obedience to the God who is calling for friendship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, or getting that life-saving message out, then you call Israel restoration wonderful success. See, if you only look for the fulfillment in the promise to Abraham of nations and company of nations, kings, and, and, and having the land, then you call Abraham dismal failure. But if you look at Abraham and he has belief in this message, he's obedient to the promise that God has made that there's gonna come nations, you're gonna have the land, and, and then he starts living like a pilgrim. He's preparing for the fulfillment of that promise. He's teaching Isaac to live the same way. Then you call Abraham a wonderful success. Now, we consider the cross, the sign over the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. It reads, King of the Jews. 
king of the Jews. When people saw the Lord Jesus Christ as the king of the Jews, king of the Jews, really? Are you kidding me? King of the Jews? You said paled on a cross. They say dismal failure as king, right? But when they only looked at the fulfillment of the promise of being king of the Jews, they said of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's a dismal failure. But if you look at belief in and obedience to the promise of being the king of the Jews, he was a wonderful success. Why? Because he was making the subjects of his kingdom able to come into his kingdom and be a part of his kingdom by paying the debt of their sins. So as the article in the Long Island Herald goes on, went on, it said, Cantor, who was Jewish, not everybody says that, but at least they do, <laughs> all right? Cantor, who is Jewish, says he considers himself a messenger who wants to see the Jewish people rescued from their sins by God. Oh, that's great. You know, another, another good one, you know. <laughs> that's why the cross was a wonderful success. Because the cross is where the king rescued his subjects from their sins by dying for their sins. By the way, I just can't help it. Got to tell you, because I'm so happy for those summer blitzers, how they are described in this article. It went on to say, hiking through Lawrence, Far Rockaway, along Central Avenue. It's tough work. Oh, we had summer blitzers that quit after the first day, after first few hours. Not very many, but some. It's hard. Okay, hiking through Lawrence, Far Rockaway, and Central, along Central Avenue, and locked, knocked on residence doors, engaged in conversation, dropped off packages, blah, blah, blah. In this particular case, these were very nice, clean-cut, well-mannered, Baptist young people who were harmless and believed that their content is compelling. Wow, makes me want to become a Baptist. <laughs> okay, P- quote, the missionaries are very respectful They've been coming here for years. That's great. That's great. That shows they're not fighting back. That shows they're not reviling when they've been reviled. That shows shows wonderful things about them. I I wrote them. Okay. Now, God tells Jacob directly a very important name when he says in verse 11, and God said unto him, I am God Almighty. You know, God has told Jacob that his name is El Shaddai. I am God Almighty. This is the first time that God has told Jacob directly that his name is God Almighty or El Shaddai. I mean, Jacob has heard this, no doubt. He's heard this name before, but not from God directly. See, Jacob heard this name for God when Isaac told Jacob that God's name was God Almighty, was El Shaddai, God Almighty. And that was way back in Genesis 28, verse 3. In Genesis 28, Verse three, when Isaac was blessing Jacob, he said, and God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee. Oh, there's those words again. That thou mayest become a multitude of people and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger which God gave unto Abraham. But okay, that was from Isaac. But, but Jacob never heard from God that his name directly was God Almighty. It's a very important name for God, especially for this family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Christmas is here. Join Tom Cantor at the annual Christmas Under the Stars Free Family Festival Christian Event on Saturday, December 10th from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Creation Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Games, rides, petting zoos, family photos, live Christmas music, and a live nativity, holiday food and drinks, a star viewing, and a Christmas light show, and so much more. This year, bring a toy to support Operation Save Christmas, a benefit to help support the hundreds of homeless children in San Diego out on the streets. So join Tom Cantor for this free family festival Christian event, Christmas Under the Stars, on Saturday, December 10th from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee. And bring the family and friends for rides, games, animals, music, a live nativity, and so much more. And don't forget to bring that gift for a homeless child. To learn more about Christmas Under the Stars and Operation Save Christmas, call 619-599-1104. 619-599-1104. Or go online to creationsd.org. creationsd.org.